everyone. Welcome to Quantum Catechesis. I'm Father Joe Krupp, and you are not. And today is Wednesday? I don't know. It is. is it Wednesday? Wednesday, June 15th. 15th, the year of our Lord, 2022. 22? 22. 2022. Which, I don't know if you know, if you have, holy cow, did you see that? Watch this. Oh, wow. I shouldn't have probably steered right into it. Okay, for those of you just listening, a 700-megawatt prison searchlight just went on on my left, and I thought, wouldn't it be really funny if I steered right at it? The answer is no. So uh, I'm so happy to be here with you today, and a happy hello to all my, my beautiful family in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I can't say Grand Rapids, Michigan without thinking of the movie... Um, oh no, not Evil Dead. It was the third in the Evil Dead series, Army of Darkness. Really? Do you remember that movie? Was it filmed there? Huh? Was it filmed? No, uh, but he says the line, he's holding a shotgun, he says, this puppy was made in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So every time I say Grand Rapids, if you haven't seen Army of Darkness, it is one of the funniest, that movie's hysterical. And it's made by two guys from Michigan that I sat next to in class, um, Bruce Campbell and uh, Sam Raimi. Now, Sam Raimi, I think, is famous for the uh, Spider-Man movies, right? The ones with Tobey Maguire. Those were his. Uh, And Bruce Campbell is only famous. Well, he's in all the movies. He does a cameo in every. uh, Anyway. Huh? Bridget Fonda was in it. Yeah, well, for, okay, they say Bridget Fonda was in it, and that's part of the joke. So the deal is this. Um, there was an Evil Dead 1 and an Evil Dead 2, and those were serious movies. Evil Dead 3 is not a serious movie at all. And uh, it was like a leftover money in the budget thing. And uh, so what they did was there's two seconds, which they were legally allowed to do, of Evil Dead 2 that they were able to show during this movie in a flashback sequence, which had, what's her name in it? Okay. So it's hysterical. Yeah. They say Bridget Fonda's in this movie. She's in it for about 0.2 seconds, and it's film of her previous movie. It's it's worth a million bucks. If you Now, I, I, I don't, it's not high quality, right? This was not a huge budget movie, and this is by the early 90s standards. But it is hysterical. And I don't know why we're talking about this. How do we? Oh, Grand Rapids. This puppy was made in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, great, great. And the whole idea is a guy who works at S-Mart, which is Kmart, somehow gets transported back in time. He doesn't have a left hand. Uh, he lost it fighting evil. So now it's a chainsaw. And yeah, he's, he brings a shotgun with him. And of course, they've never seen a shotgun before. And he gives them this whole speech, you know, this is my boomstick. You know, it's, you have to see this movie. It's wrong. They they spent $11 million on that movie. Yeah, well, you know, for that time, the special effects, you know, it was all puppet work. There was no, um, what do you call it, Uh, computers, right, doing movies, no CGI. And it is hysterical. We got 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, this is, I'm telling you, this is a movie that if you like it, you'll watch it 10 times. The speeches, this, he's such a jerk. The main hero is a selfish jerk uh, who just wants to get back home. And uh, yeah, great movie. Somebody says Bruce Campbell is always at Comic-Con. Yeah, oh, always. He is one of the funniest people. Like when you see him, you might go, oh, I've seen him. You've seen him in a lot of movies. And he has a book called If This Chin Could Talk. Because uh, he has a, this magnificent chin is his thing. And he always plays a character who takes himself way too serious. And he'll even stay in character. Like, I've gone to two of his speeches. Like, he gave a speech at MSU. I waited in the line three hours to get a ticket. I did. Uh, and it was totally worth it. Um, yeah, Bruce Camp, And I knew him. Uh, I knew him. We sat next to each other in class. But uh, those, him and Sam Raimi are hysterical. Uh, and what they did with that movie was worth a million bucks. It was. Um, awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's a horror movie. I hate horror movies, but it's not really a horror movie, you know. So. It's okay. Cool. So- yeah, sort of. And it takes itself seriously in a fun way, okay. you know. 
But, um, yeah, when you got a hero whose left hand is a chainsaw, <laughs> right? Uh, and, his, yeah, it's glorious. Awesome. So, actually, do you know what? That's a pretty good segue. You remember our topic today, good versus evil? I did not do that on purpose. Every time I say Grand Rapids, I think, this puppy was made in Grand Rapids, Michigan. You have to see that scene, if nothing else. There you go. He, uh, the end of the movie, he takes the, the female lead kind of dips her to give her the smooch, right? He, the hero's one, and he says, give me some sugar, baby. And this is how he talks, like through the whole movie. He, yeah. <laughs> give me some sugar, baby. Uh, so anyway. <laughs> what is it called? Army of Darkness. Yeah, great movie. And there is a character, a woman in there, and she wasn't famous, but she became famous. Embeth Davidson or something like that. Is that her name? Do you still have it up? Uh, and she started in a true horror movie that was actually one of the few I've ever seen and liked. Um, Danzel Washington, John Goodman, and her. Yeah, she was Sheila. Yes. Embeth Davis. Davis. Um, Davis. Uh, what was that movie? Danzel Washington, John Goodman, um, her, um, Fallen. I do not like horror movies. I do not think Demonic Possession is entertaining, and I liked that movie. It's messed up. And it gets to just, okay, how ruthless evil is. So I will stop talking about movies you probably should never see. And instead, we'll focus on our topic today. But first, let me tell you about tomorrow. Manana en Espanol. Manana. And for those of you who don't habla Espanol, manana is Spanish for manana. No, it means tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, 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 we're going to have Pastor Marvin Williams on our show. Do you know how geeked out I am? I'm a little sad he's not our first guest in our new studio. He's our second guest, right? Yes. Yes. No, third. Third, yeah. Yeah. But since his wife is the fourth person of the Trinity, it only makes sense that he's the third, right? And uh, he will shatter every record we have for appearances. Um, the previous record was one. This will be, I think, four for him or three. And it's not enough. Like, I want to get him to quit his job and just full-time do this show with me. <laughs> but something about having a wife and responsibilities or some nonsense like that. <laughs> so he'll be here tomorrow, and I'm excited about that. And then on Friday, 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 we're going to do the show live from our festival. Uh, and if, if you're thinking on Friday night or Saturday day, night, morning, you want to have a great time. Come on out to Holy Family. Uh, my world-famous Coney sauce it is complete. We spent 18 hours making it yesterday. Okay, I'm going to be honest. It was about 18 minutes, but still. No, no. We worked hard on it yesterday. Had a great time, and I'm so grateful for Al and Brian who tag-teamed me on it, and I do want to slide this in. I've never said these words before. There's going to be something there better than my Coney sauce. Did you try the pork? Did you? Okay, so this angel, like, flutters into the room, oh, bringing, I don't know what, 700 pounds? Like, a pig came in. And I'll be honest, people always like, oh, you got to try my shredded pork. I'm like, it all tastes the same, and it's good. No, this changed my life. I'm thinking about becoming Muslim. Hear me out. And then renouncing Islam and going back to Christianity just to show my support for the pig. Because <laughs> get a letter from the Pope. Joe, please stop joking about apostasy. I'm not kidding. Did you try it, Care? It was amazing. I've never had. Who made this? Can Karen? I say? Yeah. Yeah, it was Karen, right? Karen Can I say and that? Tom, Karen and Tom made this shredded pork. And again, you're probably thinking about well, shredded pork. No, 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 no. And I know there's people who put barbecue on their shredded pork, and they will be judged. Uh, but most times when you put the barbecue sauce on there, because the shredded pork is dry and it's tasty because it's pig, this, I wanted to rub it all over my head. And then I thought the dog would kill and eat me. But so as good as my Coney sauce is, I think this might be better. 
I, I'm really angry about that. So stop by the festival, all kinds of wonderful stuff, and all monies that we get goes directly to my pocket. Oh, wait, to the what? Oh, to the church? Uh, yeah, if you want to come. They can have your, exclusively have your coding dogs. You can. On Thursday night at Trivia. Yeah, yeah. do we still have room? Yes. Okay, if you want to sign up for the Trivia Tournament, the first people who will get to sample this year's Coney sauce, which truly is the best I've made in a few years, uh, you'll get that as part of the deal, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they don't have to pay extra. Nope. So you can go to www. You know what? I should just say World Wide Web. It's less syllables. Yeah. World Wide Web dot H F G B, Holy Family Grand Blank, dot org. Go there, sign up to join or create a trivia team, and come on down. Uh, Viper, Bill Harris and I will be doing the MCing because they said, Joe, if you participate, you'll win, which is baloney. I got my butt handed to me two years ago. Do you remember this? <laughs> so come on by Thursday night. We're going to have our trivia night. And uh, then Friday, and we'll have my hot dogs there. Then on Friday and Saturday, basically all day Saturday. How about Friday? I can never remember. Is it all day? Oh, uh, no. Not really. It's, it, no, it's really not. It's Five night. Okay. to midnight. Five to midnight on, on Friday. Friday. And then Saturday, we have a fun run, a color run in the morning. Yeah. And then five to eight. Okay. So five to, you mean 11, sis? Five to, I'm sorry, five to 11. Yeah. Okay. So five to 11 on Friday and Saturday. Come on by. Get some great food. I think we have live music. Yes. Uh, it's really going to be a hoot. Guys, last year I watched and people just were spread out, like playing that one game where you throw bags at holes. Yeah, cornhole. Cornhole. Um, yeah. And did we ever figure out, are we going to try that lounge upstairs or are we yep. going to wait till next year? Okay. We're going to have a cigar lounge there. Uh, and, and no smoking, please. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> we have four live bands. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to compete. We'll have them all play at once. <laughs> what? No? No. Okay, never mind. So, I'm sorry. I'm screwing around today, and I'll behave. Not really. Uh, but with all that, so don't forget, tomorrow's going to be a great show because Pastor Williams will be here. Uh, I might show up, but why? He can carry it. On Friday, we're going to do it live from the festival that we hope you come and enjoy. And uh, all kidding aside, the app proceeds actually go to our church. Right. That's that's the deal there. So uh, today, what we're going to look at, uh, and this was kind of a last minute topic for me, um, but is the idea of good versus evil. What is my part? And what I'm looking at um, talking with you today about is the power of little victories. Okay, uh, and I really do want us to to walk through this together. And when I say walk through it together, I mean I yap and you listen, in the name of Jesus or something like that. Uh, but I want to give us a couple ideas. And we've talked about evil. And again, I don't like to give it too much attention. It really likes attention. Uh, but a number of conversations in the last week have led me to think this might be a great topic for us. That when you and I think about evil. Uh, the one thing we want to remember, and I think I just shared this a couple weeks ago because I just read it. You know, the traditional estimate is 10% of the population is psychotic. Okay. Um, and what does that look like? Uh, usually you and I translate that evil and rightly so. Okay. Um, it is a pattern of behavior that destroys. Uh, and, you know, in TV, it's always easy to tell who's the psychotic because they have a soundtrack. Right. Uh, but for you and I in our daily life, I think I think it could be really surprising to us. Um, it's almost statistically impossible that you don't know one. Okay? Um, and they can be hard to pick out because if we're talking about evil, they don't come across as evil. Um, but they tend to fire people like we were just talking about this in the parish. Right. Every parish I've been to. You have the parishioner or parishioners who are agents of destruction. And how do they manifest? Well, they get other people fired up. Um, they use gossip and bad talk. Uh, and they cloak it in like, well, I really worry about the parish. Or uh, the, if someone comes to you and tells you that uh, the parish is doing something wrong or terrible or stupid, um, 
they're telling you for a reason, and it's not information. It's to get you to do something so they don't have to. And it tends to be people who just plant destruction. That's what they do. And they use words about helping and things like this. Now, this is also true, of course, at work. You know these people at work. There are people who are incompetent. There are people who are good intention. There are all this. But there are also people who are wicked. And to that end, it becomes hard to predict them because they don't really have a goal except destruction. Right. Except chaos. Uh, and I think like uh, that one Batman movie with the Joker really got into that. Well, um, when uh, they were interviewing Christopher Nolan about the Joker and they were like, well, he told three different stories about how he ended up looking like that. Which one was true? And he went, that's the point. Who knows? Right. All he wants is chaos and destruction. Or what, what is it? The one character said some people just want to watch the world burn. Um, we want to be conscious that these people exist. We don't want to go hunting for them because we could be wrong. <laughs> but what we want to be conscious of is this. If someone at work is constantly telling you what's wrong and you end up anxious and worried, you might have found that person. Yeah. Um, and so all this to say, evil always wins the first few rounds. Because evil can give you an instant satisfaction. Evil can do things quickly. Um, and that's something to consider, right? Uh, for you and I, who hopefully are striving for virtue and holiness, what we want to remember is it will always look like we're getting beat until we're not. Um, generally, evil defeats itself. Evil cannot stop consuming. And when it runs out of targets, it consumes itself. Uh, you know, I'm a historian, right? And people say, well, anyway, like, why did Hitler invade Russia? Right. There was no tactical intelligence to that. And hey, he wasn't that good of a leader in terms of military. Um, why? We needed more to destroy. Could he have articulated that? No. Oh, it was about wheat fields and oil. Okay, but you had a lot of both. Uh, evil always ends up consuming itself. That's what happens. Um, so what you and I want to do is when we recognize, wow, evil is powerful and evil can always win the first few rounds. I hope it helps us to recognize, no, I just stay the course. I do what's right. Now get this, not because we'll win. I'll do what's right because it's what's right. The fact that we will win is very convenient. <laughs> it's nice. But our goal is I'm going to be faithful no matter what. Is this making sense? And we also want to be conscious of the way evil people will try to use us. Okay. Uh, for me, uh, what I recognize, and I think I talked to you about this before, evil tends to be, at least as I've experienced it, very good at, um, how do you say that? Finding out what you're afraid of and describing that as what's happening. Okay. Uh, that's, that's important. And often what you'll find is in the way evil attacks, evil is revealing its own motives, its own reality. So, and I always point this out, if there's a news source and, and we have one in, in the Catholic church, where everything is about homosexuality and about stealing money. What do you know? Well, that's an organization obsessed with homosexuality and money. That you, why do you know that? Because that's their motive for everything. No matter the topic, no matter the thing. Oh, it all comes down to sex and money. Well, for you, clearly. And so for me, when I catch myself guessing people's motives, I've now got an insight into mine. He's just doing that because he's afraid. Oh, that's why I do it. Because I'm afraid. I don't know if I'm right about him. 50-50. Uh, well, if that. But now I've learned something about me. Now, evil already knows what that is. And that's where they're always going to come at you. How are we doing? Yep. Great. So we want to be cognizant of the power of evil, recognize we're always going to lose the, well, generally going to lose the first few rounds. And then we want to be conscious of not being used by evil people 
for evil purposes. Remember, there is no positive effects to gossip. There just aren't. Um, there's an immediate effect. You feel better. Uh, but nothing good comes after that. So what can we do then to live as virtuous men and women in the world? And I have in no particular order, just some ideas I typed up, right? Things we can look at, things we can work on. And one of these, the first one I want to hit is from Deacon Denny, who I just think is God's twin. And I know I've shared this with you before, uh, but I don't care. It's so important. We want to remember that Jesus told us give up to pray what? Give us this day our daily bread. And didn't I just pull that in a meeting today, right? We were talking about uh, finances and the fact that, you know, the Fed cranked up the interest rates, which, yeah, we're, we're, we're on the precipice of a serious financial crash, right? I love that Reagan quote. Do you remember this? What's the difference between a recession financially, recession and depression? He says, recession is when your neighbor loses his job. A depression is when you lose yours. Yeah. Isn't that? Yeah. But so what did I immediately start saying? Well, we have to plan. We have to squirrel away as much money as we can. We have to... And Chuck's like, yep, we do that. Yeah. And of course we do. Right. And it was so funny. Was it you and Teresa? I think actually Carrie and Teresa, wasn't this, was this the topic or was it a different one? We were both like, yeah, we kind of do that now, you know, and they said, it's so nice. That's what it was. It was you two. It was you and Teresa. And then Chuck kind of looks like, yeah, we're not just kind of throwing money around Joe, as it turns out. Duh. Where did my statement come from? Oh, my fear, my fear, my fear, my fear. Right. And remember that I prayed, Jesus, help us not make decisions out of fear. And when I said us, I meant me. Uh, <laughs> daily bread. Daily bread, daily bread. I know this. If we were able to build the war chest I dream of, I would pray less. What do you think God wants more? Me to be comfortable in our money for our parish or me to be praying more? Which will help God's people more? I remember one time, uh, Ed Engel, uh, I worked with, I didn't work with him. I prayed with him in Hudson. He was one of my parishioners and uh, an unspeakably selfless businessman. A lot of people have jobs because of him. Um, and uh, he and I were doing calls, right? I was the new priest in Hudson and there was a campaign we were trying to do to, I don't know, keep the church open. And so we were going house to house asking for cash. Okay. And I hate that. Hate. I'm saying the word hate. Uh, I told him on the way there, I remember we didn't have a lot of money, but the priest, it seemed like I was a kid, was at our house all the time. We need money for this. We need money for that. And uh, it was like if father was coming, we were going to give away money. Um, and I was telling Ed this. And I'm like, I don't want to be that priest. And, and he was like, you know, whatever, fat boy, we got a mission. So we go into this house, the first house. And the guy's point is simple. Hey, look, you guys uh, are coming to me because I give amount X every year. Uh, but um, I sold my business. So now I'm going to give amount Y, which is less. And he was very apologetic. He felt terrible about it. And, um, and then he's kind of describing, he says, but you know what? I had a little bit of savings. Why don't I tithe 10% of that savings? And I said, quote, oh, God, no. And basically, in the end, I tried to talk him out of um, giving more money. And when we got in the car, Ed barely knows me. And we pull out of the driveway. We get on the road. He pulls over. Father, can I tell you something very important? Sure. Never take away someone's right to be generous. Yeah. He said, I'm telling you, never take away someone's right to be generous. Like, okay. He said, you saw his house. He's comfortable. He just needed to work through it with us. He said, neither of us suggested he give more. We both assured him what he was given was fine. He thought about it and said, I can tithe my savings. Isn't that beautiful? That's a man who understood daily bread. 
Yeah. Um, and I actually was able to bury him a few years later, which was convenient because he was dead. Uh, but that, that guy, and, and what a cool thing to, at his homily, at his funeral, say, this man gave out of his, gave out of his um, savings, not his extras. He gave out of his savings to, to make this beautiful church happen. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, daily bread, what you and I want to remember. And again, I'm preaching a little to me because some of you, I know this isn't a problem. For me, I'm always trying to stockpile. Always trying to stockpile. And losing a stockpile or operating without one is terrifying to me. And yet I'm a priest. I've been at one parish that stockpiled. The other 13, 12, hanging by a thread all the time. And guess what my response was? Jesus, help! And did we ever get to a point at any of those where we had to close? No. God came through. Daily bread. Daily bread. The enemy wants you living in tomorrow or yesterday. Jesus wants you to live here. Now. Yeah. Can I comment on that comment? Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if the person is comfortable, did they make the statement publicly? Yes. Okay, so one of you went through this last Friday and had to resign. Uh, and for those of you who know my story, this happened to me twice, where a priest lied about me and lied to me uh, to drive me away. Uh, and the feeling of deep sorrow, uh, of not being believed. Uh, it almost broke me, right? Especially the second time. It almost broke me. Tons of tears, tons of prayers. Um, and it, until very recently, looked like he'd win. I, I don't know how else to say it. Um, I'm okay. I'm so Sorry, you're going through this. I am. It is. There is a feeling of powerlessness. If virtue can't win, if doing the right thing and truth can't win, what chance does society have? I know, right? I'm assuming, right, that you and I have the same type thing. Someone lied. Uh, someone played a dirty game and you lost. And like, if it was like me, I didn't even know I was in a fight till I was on the ground. Um, this is how evil works. And I'm so sorry. But at one point when I was at my lowest on this, okay, I remember this line occurring to me. And I can tell you, I was sitting on the back porch at Sacred Heart in Hudson, sitting on that back porch, drinking coffee and yelling at Jesus. He says hi, by the way. <laughs> and all of a sudden I thought, oh my gosh. And I mean, like I cried. I was like, I'd rather be me losing than him winning. Oh, praise the Lord. Like that was this revelation. And I don't want to say, and then the, the, the fun shined and the credits rolled. No, I still had a lot of pain, still have pain to work through. But that was amazing to me. I'd rather be me losing than him winning. I like me, you know? So I'm so sorry. I am. And I'll encourage you to think about a couple things. One is the garbage truck rule, which I'm sure I've said here before. Um, and it's a big one for being around evil people. The garbage truck rule goes like this. And it's a true story. It just happened two years ago. I was driving to do a last rites. And so I was in a bit of a hurry. I've told this, haven't I? I don't think so. Oh, really? Oh, uh, driving to do last rites over that nursing home that creeps me out. Um to be honest, I'd been running a bit that day, and I'm a fat man, and it was hot, and I realized I smell. Like, I smell bad, and it was so embarrassing. And I have a really sensitive nose, but this was so, I was like, oh, no, right? And I'm literally, guys, you ever do this? Like, no, I, I can't figure out. I clearly stink. The truck was filled with stank. And I couldn't, I couldn't find it. And I, you know, you know, you do the whole thing. I showered this morning. I put on deodorant, right? I, I brushed my teeth and I can't think of it. And I, and I, I'm behind a garbage truck and my windows are open. Okay. I took the smell in front of me 
And oh wow, that made the camera go blurry. Did you see that? That was so cool. Okay, uh, I took the smell in front of me and applied it to me. Okay, and I did the last rites, and then I had a bit of time, so I just drove for a bit because I was like, there was something really important in that, something beyond me laughing, and I did laugh. A relief. Okay, I don't smell like a corpse. Uh, B, it's just objectively funny that I didn't even think of the garbage truck in front of me. And drive, 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 and all of a sudden I thought of that priest, right, who, to me at least, morally smelled like garbage. And I kept thinking it was me. What am I doing wrong? Um, because we're striving to be virtuous, we don't realize there's people who aren't. Um, because we want to do the right thing, we don't realize there's people that aren't trying to do the right thing. They're about themselves. And he had enough, you know, lay people helping him. Um, where in the end, for years, I carried around, what did I do to make him like that? What could I have done better where he won't be like that? And it occurred to me, well, nothing at all. I could have been a saint, and it would have been the same result. I could have been as evil as him, same result. In a weird way, it had nothing to do with me. I was just the bystander who got run over. I don't need to take other people's garbage and make it my smell. Yeah? Is it, did this work? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and, and I know I asked that a lot. The other day I made a terrible mistake. I listened to me. And I know I say, right, a lot. And I, it's just because I don't know. I can't see your faces. And I so depend on that when I communicate. You know, am I? Because I know I live in my head. And I, I never know if I'm being clear. But, you know, one of the things you might struggle with is what could I have done better? I'll bet you there's 10 things you could have done better. And I'll bet you if, did, if you did every one of them better, you'd still be where you are. Because... The evil in a weird way, it's not just its just not about you. It's about how broken they are. And they're probably so broken, they actually think they're virtuous or good. So I'm so sorry. I am. And I hope you hear my passion when I say that. I really am. This sucks. But in the end, this is how saints get made. You know, um, I want to be a saint really bad and A for the money. It seems like a good gig. Yeah. Um, but all kidding aside, I do want to be a saint and I can't get there without pain. And if I'm going to suffer, I'm so glad it's one of those occasions I actually didn't suffer because I'm an idiot or because I'm a sinner. That's so rare. Usually my suffering is because of me. Um, and again, no, I didn't handle any, everything perfect. Holy crap. But I think you get me. Don't let that stink be your stink. That's their stink. And never try to apply human or spiritual logic to evil. It doesn't have any. Don't overthink it. I trust me. Why did? Oh, maybe if I. No. 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 Okay. Daily bread, daily bread. So we hit daily bread, and I hope I was able to offer you some help with your own pain there about getting losing your job. And um, and if, uh, I pray right now that Jesus, um, come Holy Spirit, that he give you the next opportunity. Um, and just stay faithful, man. Don't get better. Do not. I, I fight it. I do. I fight uh, bitterness at a broken system. But again, I have to, it has to be a broken system because I'm in it. Um, just decide you will never be that person. You will never, ever be that person. Uh, you will be meek, right? Meaning what? I refuse to do harm. Yeah. Okay. So uh, give us this day our daily bread. We're talking about daily dependence. And we want to be conscious of how often fear wants us in yesterday and tomorrow, but not today. Uh, in my dad's word, be where your shoes are. Okay, be where your shoes are. Mine are right here. As they should be. It is right and just. Um, we're all Spartans here. Yeah, yeah, we're blessed. Um, so past, 
What do we do with the past to keep from living there? We pray every memory. And we pray every memory with humility. Um, We need to be humble about our memory. We have to, because it's completely undependable. We can be rock solid, 100% sure, and still be wrong. It happens all the time. And the only thing isn't to figure out what's true or what's not, because you can't, it's gone. It's to say, I give you my past. I give you my past. That's it. Jesus, heal my wounds. I give you my past. What about the future? We might all be dead tomorrow. Right. A couple of us might be dead tomorrow. Uh, None of us might be dead in five years. Who knows? I have no control over the future. Um, Well, I do. I have no control over the future. Neither do you. And in Jesus words, which one of you by worrying can add a day to your life? Right. I'm trying. Uh, Right. The future again. Sorry for the cheesy line from Martha Krupp. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. All I need to know is Jesus is already there. I'll be fine. Daily bread. Daily bread. I love Deacon Denny for nine million reasons, but that's one of my favorites. Yeah. And the breakfast sandwiches. Do you know he brings me breakfast sandwiches sometimes on Sunday? Oh, you didn't get one? Hmm, What a shame. Hmm. I wondered why they were two extra and you guys seemed hungry. But I was full from the two extra. Uh, Another thing to remember in our fight against evil uh, is a line we say during the Hail Mary. Pray for us sinners. That's Carrie. And when do we pray for Carrie? Now and at the hour of our death. The only two moments that matter. Yeah, I got this from Rich Cross. You know, Rich, I love that cat. You know, he's a St. Louis Cardinals fan. And... I don't know if you saw last night, that poor guy, I wanted to walk through the screen and hug him. Mikolaus, um, that big Greek kid who pitches for them, okay, pitched nine no-hit innings. Pitches the first out of the ninth inning, gets him out. Pitches the second out of the ninth inning, gets him out. All he's got is one more dude. First pitch, strike one. First, second pitch, strike two. He's one strike, and he gave up a double. Oh, no. And the outfield played it right. Oh, right. I don't know if you saw. I watched that kid. What's his name? Um, the young guy for uh, St. Louis, Bader, Harrison Bader. I was watching his feet work. He backed up. Like, he knew, okay, the pitch he's throwing is high and tight, so it's going to go far if it goes. He backed up, but it wasn't enough. Can you believe that one really? pitch from a no-hitter? Wasn't that a doubleheader? I think my That daughter, was the second game of the doubleheader. I think my daughter's working <gasps> that game. I think she was there last night. I love that picture. She, she's in St. Louis. So that I guy goes those nasty, nasty, filthy pitches. <laughs> they are beautiful. Oh, but why are we talking about this? How did I get there? I don't know. Hail Mary, now I'm at the hour of our death. Yeah, now. now, I don't know. Well, the two moments we asked Mary to pray for us, right? Right now. now and on the third strike. And on the third strike in the ninth inning of a no-hitter. Oh, my gosh, you guys. Did you see him afterward? And he was like, I've got, I could cry. He goes, I just apologize for my defense. Those guys played like animals, and I let them down. It's like, bro, you had 11 strikeouts. Come on. I think he had 11. Or was that Tyler Mayhew? Anyway, stop. Okay, so sorry, guys. Uh, I will focus now. Why did I bring up? I don't know. Oh, your friend, Rich Cross. Rich Cross told me this point about Mary. Rich Cross is a Cardinal fan. Mikolaus pitches for nicely done, Carrie. No, no, no. Nora Kessel brought us back around. Thank you, Nora. We, uh, the jam. Did you? No, you didn't try any of that jam. I will not let you because it would be less for me. She she suggested that you have to make Bishop's Battersley's, Battersby's mother's soda bread for us to try. Do you know she gave me a recipe? I don't know. Nora, you don't want me to cook. Did you know that she's his cousin? Yep. I love Battersby. I do. He is a holy priest. Uh, I 
there's most times this is terrible and I'm going to hell. They make a guy a bishop and you just want to roll your eyes. You're like, that was the worst guy at seminary, <laughs> right? Uh, when they made Battersby a bishop, I cried for happy. I was like, the system worked? I didn't know what to do. Or is it like the broken clock right twice a day? I have no idea. But that is a holy, holy man uh, serving as auxiliary bishop in Detroit. That's French for D Detroit. <laughs> so anyway, now and at the hour of our death, guys, two moments matter. This one and the one when we take our last breath. And then could you see how it's connected to the Our Father? Right? Do you see that? Daily bread now in the hour of our death. I cannot be a saint by living in the past. I can't be a saint by fixating on the future. I can only be a saint by being where Jesus is in this moment, right? In this moment, this is where the Lord put me. I don't know if this show will finish. Jesus might come back or I might fall over dead. And if so, Carrie, you can have my stuff. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. Except for the screaming goat, Chuck asked for it. And it was weird. He was like, can I have your goat if you die? And I said, sure. And he goes, hey, do you want to drink this? I'm like, I don't trust you, Chuck. So, uh, and then we do want to be conscious. This is the only thing we want to know about the future. We will die in it. And, and people, oh, no, stick with me. It's inevitable. There's no way around it. Even Jesus died. Okay. Um. And so we want to help that inform our decisions now. Um, that idea of one day I'll be dead. I will not be at my funeral. You know, people are, oh, you know, what you want people to say or what you, brah, you're going to have other things on your mind. We want to live in an awareness of the fact that this existence is transitory. I want you to think about it this way. Dr. Peter Kreeft used this example. Think of a baby in the womb. All it can conceive of, <laughs> conceive, sorry. Uh, all it can, darn it. I gotta use the word conceive, even though it's a great pun. All it can conceive of is the world it's in. And it invests all of its energy into that world it's in. Uh, because that's proper to a baby in the womb. It can't imagine what's next. It can't imagine there is next. That child exists in the womb and in the womb alone. The womb only. When that child is born, reality changes. And the natural tendency of that child would be the idea that I'm going to invest everything in now. But what we want to remember is there's a second birth coming. And that's where we want to invest a majority of our spiritual, emotional, physical energy. That in retrospect, our life on earth will be the shortest part of our existence. And so we want to be careful about over-investing ourselves in the concerns of the world. Okay, that was, I think I did all right there. <clears throat> Read it first. Hmm? Read it first. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, oh, excuse me, excuse me. I was responding to the question before I read it. What a dumb thing. Sorry. You mentioned the devil loves attention. I was told by a priest he hates being made fun of and that he, the devil actually hates Halloween because of this. Would you agree? I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, we guess. Right. I would assume anytime we're talking about him, even talking about him losing, he loves it. This this is this isn't just a narcissistic being. This is narcissism. Um, I don't know if that helps. So like, no, don't go there. Oh, my God. I almost went political and I didn't mean it like political. But oy, they, we'd all lose our freaking minds. Okay, so we ask Mary to pray for us in this moment and at the hour of our death. So we're living in this moment, and the only thing we're conscious of in terms of the future is I am going to die. And they're going to drop me in a hole in the ground, throw dirt in my face, go back to the church and eat potato salad. Yeah, uh, that's how it goes. Um, uh, what's his name? Blaise Pascal, right? 
every man's destiny is the same, to die and be buried. And people get mad. What about heaven? Of course, Blaise Pascal believed in heaven. But we have to remember the dead part first. Yeah? Um, and it will help us from overly investing in this world. We are in it, but not a part of it. It's like eighth grade. <laughs> Um, yeah, in that living now moment, then what we recognize is I need to do this every day, but don't think about the fact that you have to be holy every day. Think about the fact that you have to be holy today. If you're, if you're like me, if you know that beautiful AA program with that great line, I don't have to be sober the rest of my life. I just got to be sober today. Right. That is such a great thing. It's what does it do? It trains your energy on the fight you can do. I can't stay sober the rest of my life. I don't have the energy. I don't have this willpower. I don't have the strength. Can you be sober today? Yeah. Well, then focus there. And it's the same with our striving for holiness. Well, uh, for you who, who just went through this at work, well, I did things right and I got canned. I know. Do what's right today. Do what's right today. The reward might come in this earth. It'll certainly come in. It might, it might come in this life. It'll certainly come in the next. But in the meantime, all I can control is what I do today. Not tomorrow. What I might do or what might happen. Not yesterday because that already happened. And there's no rewind button. I checked. I actually have one. Don't tell anybody. You know, I read a book about this. It was a fiction book, and I can't remember the name of it, but where a man discovered he had the power to go back at any moment in time and start over. And he lived like 84 lifetimes in one lifetime trying to get it right. And no matter what he did, he found there was pain. And he found people he loved died, and he found he failed. And it was really a fascinating thing where in the end, the last thing he did was go back to the moment where he realized he had the power and then just lived his life from there as best he could. It's cool stuff. I'm trying to remember the book. Anyway, so the next thing, how are, oh dear, okay, gosh, I was really worried about, okay, next thing, I rambled a lot today, didn't I? Are people okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, and this is really important. Okay. Uh, maybe one of the most, well, certainly one of the most important things I'm going to say today in my mind, uh, recognize your power and then use it. Well, every one of us has power. I talked about this in the homily this morning. And if I may, Chuck said, no, you got to get into that today on the show. <laughs> right. I was so glad you, you said that, um, because I think it's important too. every person has power. Okay. Um, and you might think, well, it's not that much power. Well, it's just, no offense, it's because you haven't thought about it, okay? Look at it this way. Um, every once in a while, I'll go to Starbucks and I get a sugary thing. I don't go to Starbucks for coffee because um, I don't like their coffee as much. I, I like a bitter, angry coffee like Beaners, or what do they call it now, Big B's, right? Big B's espresso is just eye bleeding. Uh, I don't find Starbucks espresso good, but I like their sugary stuff, like their dessert drinks. Uh, like I love a vanilla latte, which I don't even think there's coffee in it. Uh, yeah, they, they walk by the coffee machine as they add sugar. Uh, but all this to say, I'm, I am amazed at how people talk to them. It breaks my heart. It does. And I don't know, huh? Like they're impatient. Watch those kids. They're working their butts off. Have you ever just stopped and watched them? I don't see them smoking and joking. I don't. I see them going to war. And you get these people I have a triple lot and their coffee order. You know the rule? The bigger the coffee order, the bigger the jerk. Yeah. Um, do you know that rule? It's a good rule. Yeah. It's a great rule. The longer your coffee order, the more likely that you're a jerk. Um, uh, and those kids do it. They do. And they're, they're juggling 900 drinks. I don't know. It just blows me away. And I see people there more than anywhere get pissy. Is that an okay word to say? Or no? I don't know. I always make an effort to be overly friendly. I mean, it. just because they go home at some point. 
And do I want them carrying someone else's garbage or do I want them aware of joy? Because then they're going to have an impact on someone else. You have tremendous power. Uh, the ability to have someone feel heard, uh, for someone to say, you're valuable, you matter. Um, uh, oh, here's a funny one. Uh, I've always considered iced coffee an abomination directly from hell. I'm like, that's not coffee. Coffee is hot and bitter and angry, and it's beautiful. Um, I made an order for my sugary vanilla latte, and this kid hands me an ice one. Okay? And I didn't mean it, truly. I, th I, I was like, oh, no, this isn't me. I didn't look at the name on it. Had I saw it, was my name was on it, I wouldn't have said a word. Because, again, poor kid. 900 people in here. And uh, I said, oh, no, this isn't me. And he goes, oh, I thought you were Joseph. I said, oh, I am. I don't like it that they call me Joseph. I don't know how to get him to stop. <laughs> Um, and he says, did you, did you didn't want an iced one. And I went, bro, those freak me out. Right. And he kind of chuckled. Well, I'll make you another one. And I went, no, no, no. All right. Because the Jeff Rose rule hit me. Eat what's given to you. In a situation like that, never say a word. Those poor kids. Right. It's a Jeff Rose rule. I think I told you this. So I'm, no, 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 I'll give it a, now in my head, I'm like, this is going to be the worst thing. This is a yuppie disaster in a redneck mouth. Okay. It was good. I'm telling the truth. I wouldn't order it again, but it was good. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. And it wasn't just not terrible. It was good. Uh, but anyway, the next three times I went in, that kid thanked me. I'm like, for taking what you made me? You know, I didn't say that. Oh, you're welcome, bro. You know, you're welcome, man. And I just, gosh. And I've ordered a couple times just so he'll feel better about the whole thing. He still, like, feels bad when he sees me. Remember I made you the ice guy? I'm like, yeah, get me one. You know, it's just because, I don't know. Poor kid. But you have power. That's just me at a stupid coffee place in a tiny town. And the ripple effects could go forever if I, if I uh, trust in the power of goodness. Because that's the thing. Remember how I said evil always gets the first rounds? We get the last ones every time. Because ultimately, evil burns itself out. Good doesn't. Good rose from someone flushed the toilet above us. Can they hear that? Probably. See and see how the water flows? Yeah. This is like goodness. I thought that was funny. <laughs> it was pretty funny. So recognize your power and then use it really well. Um, I think they heard it. Everybody's laughing. Oh, nice. Yeah, see, that was our image of goodness flowing. We had a priest. I'm going to tell this story, and you have to stop me if I horrify people. Okay? I don't know if you'll find this. I think this is hysterical, but we had this priest who got up at Mass one time, and before Mass, he kind of chewed us out. You're way too, too many kids running to the bathroom during peacetime. We do not need all these children running to the bathroom during peacetime. It's peacetime. It's not time to go to the bathroom. So we were in the choir. Mikey Perch was part of this. And we sang, the song was, remember, peace is flowing like a river. You remember the song? Oh, yeah. Flowing out of you and me. We sang pee. <laughs> we literally convinced there were six of us and we were like let's do it so it, and of course father never noticed a few people noticed and we just kept, you got to keep the face right yeah. now should i not have told this story i think it's hysterical. oh so we're up there that's my mikey perch was part of pee is flowing like a river flow see it works flowing out of you and me flowing out into the desert setting all the captives free we did this and we did this for weeks <laughs> right and my mom caught us oh, oh it was after mass and my mom said boys can i talk to you and we we're like oh no <laughs> i know what you're ready this is her speech i know what you're doing and it's gonna stop we're like mm -hmm, yes it is right away <laughs> that's a true story true story Oh, can I give a wedding story update? Yes. That I did I did go to a wedding reception 
and they set me next to a woman. Remember, I talked about this. <laughs> yeah. Who was 900 years old. And before I knew her name, <laughs> so you remember how I told you? You're like, why don't you go to wedding receptions? A, I don't like people, and there's a lot of them there. I don't like crowds, and it's always a crowd. Third, they always put me at the table. Where this woman, I literally sat down, and she said, you know, I can't. Ha-. This is the first word she spake unto me. I can't eat onions or mushrooms because I have irritable bowel syndrome. And I got a five-minute lecture on the sounds that issue from her colon, apparently, when she eats those things, and the smells. Like, I got a detailed description. And I thought I could diffuse it. Like, when she said, I have irritable bowel, I says, my bowels are totally content. And I thought, yeah, see, you laughed. And I thought, okay, great. I have happy bowel syndrome. It's giggling all the time. And nope, she did not. It didn't even slow her down. She was like, oh, I will be running to the bathroom the whole time we're here and just the whole way passing gas. I'm like, I don't want to know this. Yeah. Why so much? That's a true story. Isn't that great? I have irritable bowel syndrome. Mine are totally content with the world. It did not diffuse the bomb. So, okay, I'll stop now. Even though I have more to say, I have wasted so much of today, and I'm not sorry. But just a few, and you know what? Maybe we'll hit it next week. Just different ways you and I can play our part in the battle of good versus evil every day. Every day, not by these huge heroic moral stands, but by these little battles where we treat everyone we meet like they're Jesus, right? Because uh, we're right, um, except for Gary. So uh, I heard that. Did you hear that? I thought you were so drunk you wouldn't hear it. Um, so what are we doing now? Oh, closing prayer. Right? Yes. And then tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow is Pastor Marvin Williams. Super, is the heat wave going to still be going tomorrow? Yeah. yeah. I am a fat man. Yeah. I was, I was struggling. I think today is the most unbearable. Thing. Okay. Today's 97, right? Yeah. And I talked to Father Lay. He was like, that's Fiji. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm not visiting your mom. I love his mom and I want to meet her so bad, but she needs to come here. Do not put a fat man in 97 degree weather. I'm supposed to be 86 tomorrow. Okay, I can deal with 86. I don't like it. Me, 50, 60 is perfect. 72. 70, 70, I start to get uncomfortable. Like, ask dad, I'm the, okay, stop. So uh, tomorrow, Pastor Marvin Williams. Friday, our parish festival, where peace will be flowing like a river. <laughs> oh, there's live audience. Anybody that wants to come out on Friday? Oh, yeah. If you want to watch the show live, uh, come Friday at about, I might, I forgot to tell you, I might be a little late. I got to figure this out. Father Paul Ruddy's burial. I can't make his funeral. His burial is in Flushing at 11. Oh. Burials are short. Yes. Yeah. And even if I get it, no, I won't be late. Okay. So the show will be live at noon, I think in our parking lot. And you'll be able, you'll be eating on the show because they're going to do some food samples. Well, I'm not sharing with you people if that's what you're talking about. If you come to be a part of the live audience, if you want food, you're paying for it. We need the cash. Did I sound like one of those old school pastors? <laughs> uh, so uh, come Friday live if you want. Uh, is it in the parking lot? It was last year. Okay. So we'll be in the parking lot over here. That doesn't help you at all. In the southwest parking lot behind the school next to the parish hall. That's where we'll be set up. If it's raining, we'll just do it in the hall. It's not going to rain. The weather's... Oh, I don't know. I don't know anything. Well, you know, I've been praying. The Lord listens to me. He takes my advice. All right. So let's wrap this puppy up because when we're done, we can eat, right? Are we going to eat? I'm hungry. All right. Salad pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus, we live in a broken world, but a broken world redeemed by you. You have brought victory. You are bringing victory. You will bring victory. 
you have conquered sin and death. What we ask for is for the grace to be holy today, to choose to recognize how much power we have and to use it really, really well. To remember that every person we encounter carries you inside of them and that you looked at that person and said, they're worth all my blood and all my breath. So what do they deserve from me? Oh, Jesus, help us not to be overwhelmed with a concern for evil, fear of evil, but instead an abject conviction that we will be saints. And Lord, you have poured your love into our heart. And so let that love percolate and spread through all of us. Father, for those who are suffering because of evil people, please, Lord, deliver them, rescue them. In a particular way, we're conscious today of the people of Ukraine and the horrible evils they're suffering. Deliver them, deliver them. Lord, all those people in our life that we love so much and worry about, all those circumstances in our life that we fret about, we give all of it to you because we love you and we trust you. And may the blessings of Almighty God be with all of you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I cannot wait for tomorrow to see Pastor Williams, and I'll see you all then. Peace. Is it over? No, it's never over.